Welcome back for another episode of the AWG Podcast, where we discuss the biggest topics and trends in the water sport and boat tour industry. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and join our mailing list by visiting watersportpodcast.com. After you finish listening, continue the conversation in our Facebook group, Water Sport and Boat Tour Operators. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. They come to relax. Enjoy the beach. Have fun and spend money. And that's where we come in. This is the Awkward Water Sport Guys Podcast. Find out tips on the best ways to market and operate a water sports business. If you're a water sports operator, you need to grow your brand, operate more safely, upgrade your operations, and of course, increase bookings. We're industry veterans, broadcasting from Destin, Florida. This is the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast, and this is Kevin O'Neill and Greg Fisher. Welcome to episode 42 of the Awkward Water Sports Guys podcast. Uh, Myself and Greg Fisher uh, brought on quite possibly one of the best human beings that I personally know. He's a great, great friend. He's more like family to me and uh, my mentor, uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick. And uh, we talked about a wide range of stuff. What did... What did you think about this episode? It, it felt like it had a much different vibe than most, of, like almost every show we've done. The thing about water sports is it's it's not a, a business that people been in for 10, 20 years. And Donnie's one of those people that has been in it for 25 years. So it's good to kind of get his perspective on everything that has changed and the stories of early, early days and how things have evolved. And also being in Key West, which is probably the water sport capital of North America. Uh, you know, they run hard year round. You know, there's companies that are doing eight figures um, in water sports down there. So it's it's pretty cool to actually hear someone that's been in it for that long. Yeah, it was um, it was like a great homecoming for me, man. You know, since we started this show and I, on the show, I mentioned that me and Donnie talk often, but like when I, when I say he's my mentor, like anytime I have a question, I call him up and he's got an answer. Like it, it, it's, I mean, the wealth of knowledge that he has, there's just literally nothing in this game that he can't do. As he mentioned, you know, he owns Conquer Public Parasail, Key West Jet Skis, and, and the list just goes on. You know, he mentioned some stuff like, you know, uh, I think it was kiteboarding, like back in the 80s. I mean, you know, wakeboarding, you name it, man. Like the, the kid, the kid, like he's like we're grown men in our 40s, but the guy, I, I, he, he, he really can, man. You put him on any boat, he can drive it. You ask him about any different water sport, he can tell you about it. Uh, he, he's old school, so he didn't want to. He was like, he's like, you guys start talking about. It. He called it like Google bullshit. I think he said, but uh, digital marketing. You know, he's like, he's he's from the old school, man. So, but yeah, man, good to uh, talk to people that are more operations heavy rather than just uh, marketing. Yeah. One thing before we get an interview, I we always t- talk about this at the end of the show, but I'm going to bring it into the beginning of the show is if you haven't already check out our Facebook group, water sport and tour professionals, get in there. We have a very active group, tons of questions that people ask about everything, marketing, operations, administration, finance. I mean, anything to do with water sports. And there's a ton of smart guys in there, guys and girls in there that can help uh, with, with pretty much anything. So yeah, go to Facebook, get in there. And 
don't forget to review our show. We need some more reviews. So just jump on there, write a review, make fun of Kevin. It's yep. all good. Yeah, that's uh, exactly what that and we'll, review And we'll read them for. too. Yeah, that's we'll right. read them. Yeah, I like it. We'll read your review on air. Now I'm going to go write one about maybe just about me, how great I am. Oh, God. Let's, you ready to do this or what? Yeah, let's, let's do this interview. Right, let's get awkward. All right, we're back with Donnie Kirkpatrick, owner-operator of Conk Republic Paracel, Key West Jet Ski, and also general manager of Sunset Water Sports. Donnie, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Don't don't let all his fucking titles fool you. He's a total derelict. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So th- this is going to be a fun episode because Kevin worked for Donnie when he was a Parasol captain in Key West. So I hope to get some good stories from Donnie today. Oh. But uh, <laughs> let us know a little bit about uh, your your history, how you got into water sports. I mean, how, obviously your accent doesn't seem like you're from Key West. So tell us a little bit about your background. I moved down here in 1995 from uh, Cornwall, New York, which is upstate right by West Point. Graduated down here in 96. I worked on a uh, a head boat that used to do fishing charters in the Dry Tortugas in high school. We used to do two to three day charters out there fishing. Did that for about two years. Went back home to spend uh, my senior year with my classmates from New York. Came back down. I was tired of being away for two or three days at a time. So saw an ad in a paper for a jet ski guide, I guess it was at the time. And uh, that's it. August 6, 1996, I've been with Rich and Sunset ever since. Well, Sunset uh, has been around for like 40 years. Is that right? Yeah, I think, uh, I want to say like 81, 82 or something like that he started up around. I would imagine is one of the largest water sport operations in the country. I mean, you guys are all year round. How many, tell, me, tell a little bit about, you know, the how many employees you have, how many locations, um, you know, what, what the extent of the operation is. So, like, as of right now, we have, I think we got six different locations. That's including parasail, jet skis, beach rentals. We have where we originated the uh, do-it-all water sports adventure, which is a trip that goes out from 10 to 4. We originated that down here. Um, Boat rentals, snorkels at the reef. I mean, basically, we do everything in the water sports industry besides diving. And fishing. One of the things I'm really interested about uh, is understanding what it's like to run a large scale operation. Uh, you know, being in Key West, it's it's nonstop uh, all year round. And and uh, I guess my first question for you, Donnie, is uh, staffing. And it's got to be difficult this year, probably like everyone else. But uh, you know, walk us through. Uh, you know, how do you staff for an organization that big? Because you're you're hiring people that need license, you know, certain licensing for for captains. You need managers. You mean like, how how do you deal with you know a, a large crew like that? Like, what are some of the things that you do? Well, we constantly have ads running on Indeed and Facebook, Craigslist. But even though that's a whole different nightmare when you do Craigslist ads. Um, but yeah, just always bringing people in, trying them out on the boats, see if they fit with us. Um, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but it's, it's, it's constant. We actually have just starting to rebound from the pandemic with employees. Cause for a while there, 
I was super short staffed, working my crew to the bones. Um, but it's just that it's starting to light up just now where people are coming back to work. So it's, uh, it's not too terrible right now, but it, it was tough. Captains are always tough. Finding good captains is the hardest part of my job. What do you think it takes to, um, cause Sunset's got its own culture. You know, it's, it's one thing I, I've, I saw working there and then just even reading biographies of, uh, big companies and CEOs, there was always, there was like a soul to the company. That's sort of what I learned being there. And I mean, don't, don't, I'm mean, don't pull any, hold anything back. I mean, what does it take? Like, what kind of person does it take to be in that company for a long, for a long time for That's to a good stick question. with you? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Don't be a bus driver, you know? <laughs> what do you mean? Don't just, I mean, just don't get on my boat, push the throttles forward, bring the people out to the reef, bring them back and walk off the boat. You know what I mean? These boats are all million dollar vessels, most of them, that take so much more than just the trip time of taking care of them and keeping up with the maintenance and stuff. And, you know, like back in the day, you know, when I was doing it, whatever, you maintained your boat. Now I got to have almost two full-time mechanics working to keep up with some of the lack of the experience some of these captains have keeping the upkeep of the boat rather than anybody can, I can teach anybody to drive a boat, but to put the work ethic in that comes with it, I think is the hard part. If that kind of answers the question. So, I mean, it, it does, you know, so there's like this, um, there's a real blue collar ethic at sunset water sports. I feel like, and I, I think that gets, you know, it gets lost, uh, in, in our, in the, in the industry, you know, like, you guys are really authentic as far as as far as a company goes, as far as a culture goes. Like you guys have been around so long, it doesn't seem that you've lost the the like the sort of uniqueness of that company that that makes it what it is. Like if you went to that company in 1985 versus if you go to that company in 2025, that spirit, that soul, that blue collar uh, background is always going to be there. That that hard that hard work ethic. I mean, yeah. would would you agree with that? Yeah, his name's Rich Welter. Yeah, you know? he. Uh, I don't <laughs> think that guy is twenty five years has changed one minute compared to where he was twenty five years ago. Where he may be right now, he's going to still be out there hosing off his driveway, making sure it's nice and clean for you to bring the boat to scrape the bottom of it on there. He's the hardest worker probably <laughs> in. His, you know, so yeah. he instilled but, that in. But me. I mean, yeah, but I mean, like he instilled that into you. But do you think like you sort of you sort of had that already, though? Like, I mean, you you sort of feel coming from Cornwall, coming from New York, coming from, a, um, you know, uh, your your dad owned a restaurant. No. Yeah, I was doing and, dishes. And you and you and your. Yeah. Yeah. You and your brothers worked there. So, I mean, it just sort of made sense for you to to sort of be that, I mean, to run the show, you know, as it were. I mean, obviously rich, rich is rich, but there's not too many people that he would, you know, hand over the day-to-day operations because of, because you hold that same kind of ethic that he does. I'd agree with that. I agree. I think he instilled it in me, but my parents did too. My dad always had me working, doing something. So, 
I've never been afraid of working or asking people to work with me, you know? Do you, do you guys think like that when it comes to like great water sport operations is seeing the ownership or the management getting their hands dirty with, with their team? Like I, I feel like a lot of the operators that are very successful, you see the owner, not just the management, but actually the owners getting their hands dirty with, with their team and, and getting that respect from them. Does that kind of separate the good and the great companies? I would a hundred percent agree with that. You know, you're going to see, you know, my employees see me every day. You know, it's very rarely I even take a day off. My cell phone is always on, always with questions. You know, I've cleaned out more crap out of bilges and fixed more engines or just gave it a good effort at least than anybody else that I can compare myself to, I guess. So, Donnie, and you've been doing this since 1996. What have you seen since 1996 change over the years? Like, if, you, if you're an operator getting into now, like, what would you tell them? Man, like, in 1996, I, would, I never would have known that this activity would, would be as popular as now. Like, wh- where do you see water sports gone, you know, in, in these past 20 years? I mean, I've definitely seen a huge growth growth, sorry, um, in most of the activities, you know, parasailing being one, jet skis, like the transformation from just letting people rent a jet ski and going off to doing these tours. You know, the tours are so solid down here in Key West. It's it's amazing. But not only are we saving our machines, we're saving the environment. We're, we're saving on crashes. We experience all of it. You know, wave runners have blown up. And I, I think they've blown up in every water sports industry, you know, so much that we get friction from state know, agencies, state EPA. EPA. Yeah. You know, fishermen, all of them. And anybody that a wave runner, you could the entire know. industry. And yeah. then they've, then they've quite literally blown up. Like exploded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wave runners blow up. All right. <laughs> like on every goddamn day. <laughs> you know, safety is to like nowadays you feel with, you know, people want to, oh, someone didn't turn their cell phone off. That would be me. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm fucking listening. Surprise. I, I, I've been I, dealing I, with I, this I, guy I, for years. <laughs> he was late and to the meeting. And he always answers his fucking phone. <laughs> he was late to the meeting and he still had his ringer on. That's oh, okay. that's that's right, man. I fucking play yeah. by my own rules. Yeah. Remember, <laughs> ten minutes early is on time, baby. Um, <laughs> you know, in safety, you know, like lawsuits and people not taking responsibility for their own things. I never knew where that would become so much into this business of worrying about, you know, getting sued. I guess you know for stupid stuff, you know. Yeah, I, I can imagine like insurance 20 years ago or requirements and guidelines and experience re- requirements is all so different than it was in the 90s and it is now. Well, think yeah. think about how many new like how many guys just get on the scene going like with like zero pedigree 
no training whatsoever, just as like, I'm an entrepreneur, like I'm going to start like Donnie, like how many times, you know, we talked about it or seen it where someone's like, I'm going to start a parasail business and then fucking, you know, next thing you know, like with no experience, like, oh, good luck, man. Well, you're not even going to get insurance anymore, really. But, yeah, you know, parasailing is a great thing to own and I think it goes so well with like the all day trips but uh you know on your own I mean I think that's a real tough business you gotta be doing a lot of rides to make money and for the most part you gotta be doing them not somebody yeah. else yeah yeah and you talk about that all all day trip now Kevin brought the day of play to Fort Walton it had that obviously a, sh- a short lifespan due to the issues here yeah, I, was but, a, I was the awkward homeless i was the awkward <laughs> homeless guy then yeah but it, it it seemed like all this originated out in key west this this idea and i i believe if not originated by sunset water sports this all-day um experience i see a lot more destinations all across florida and also uh, and other destinations outside of north america doing this all day but uh is would you say that that is one one activity that has really blown up, um, you know, over the past five years or these these combo tours? I know, you know, we sell for you on TripShock, Donnie, and that's, you know, a very popular thing we book is the triple play packages, you know, with, with th- you know, different experiences all bundled into one. It seems to be a big deal in Key West. Yeah, I definitely think if you can combo Parasail and Wave Runner, throw some snorkeling in there, that's what people are looking for, you know? Are you guys you guys are the originators of this? No. Yes. Yeah. Don't be bashful, man. Are you, are, <laughs> Donnie? Are you nervous, man? Are, are am I making you nervous right now? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'll, listen, I'll fucking I'll reach to that screen and snatch you up, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. You've tried that <laughs> we saw how that ended, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so like let's fucking let's mix it up, man. So like I just you know, I I wanna I gotta I've talked about you enough on the show. I've talked about Rich enough on the show, Sunset Water Sports on the show. So uh, uh first of all, man, thanks for being on. Uh it's it's an honor and it's a pleasure, man, because I wouldn't be sitting in this chair uh without you or Rich. Uh I wouldn't have my company if it wasn't for you or Rich and Sunset Water Sports and I, I I take like a I take a I take a lot of pride in my history, you know. Uh, as we've talked about on the phone, as and some of you listeners, if you guys listen to our show, you guys know I've um, I've got up in front of the city council a hundred times and had to speak. And every time I say that, when I I I always say like Master Captain Kevin O'Neill. That's how I introduce myself. Not as CEO, not as owner of Destiny Water Adventures. But I I take pride in that. I I take pride in the, in the history of that, and I and I definitely I brought that. I feel like that sunset water sports. Like I'm looking at the five hundred dollar bill that Rich gave me yes. for the review contest. It's it's posted up in my wall, man. It's like right next to me. I turned the computer for it wouldn't mess up the sound, but uh, but but I, I I try to bring that. I try to bring that with me because I feel there's like. Um, there's like heritage in that, you know what I mean? And where I, where I sort of come from and what I, what I sort of learned. So, um, it, it is, I mean, for me, this is the greatest show we've done and we're only 15 minutes into it because, you know, 
I have so much respect for you and for Sunset Water Sports and the shit you build. So don't be shy, motherfucker. You get out there and say, uh, yeah, man, like we started it. <laughs> you know? Uh, and then, I mean, hell, Rich was one of the, f- I mean, he says he was the first commercial operator. I know there's some other guys that lay claim to that, but I mean, he's in content. He's definitely in contention for what the first commercial operator I mean, in the country, in the state. Yeah, like, he, he, of, he definitely stakes to claim that he was one of the first Paracel companies in the United States. Um, I know there's some other people that try to take that, but he, he rolls with that. He's definitely the one that created the do-it-all package. The do-it-all package back then was a island adventure. So we used to do this hardcore platform parasailing off of Smathers Beach and back then windsurfing was the cool sport to do when it was windy right so him and them guys in the 80s they had all those windsurfing boards when it was too windy to fly we used to land the people on this 33 foot wide platform he would load that platform up with coolers beer windsurf guys and they'd bring them out to the Bay Keys he'd go out to the Bay Keys pull up to this island they would all start hanging out windsurfing and partying all day and one day he was like man I should be charging these people for this, you know, and that's kind of like where the Ireland party began and he was running it out there. I don't know exactly how long he was running it out there for, but eventually the environmentalists shut that down because it was in the sanctuary. So then he built, which is our oldest boat that we have in our fleet, the Sunset One, and he made it self-contained do it all. He found a little shipwreck in Pearl Basin, brought the wave runners, the banana boats, the what do we have on there? We had a sunfish, windsurf board, water skiing, and kneeboarding. And uh, that was it. That's how the doodle was created out there. And we've been out there. I've been out there. Like, I actually just had to work a couple of trips this week. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, damn, man, I've been out messing around this place for 25 years. And he was doing it six years before me out there. So it's like 31 years we've been tied up to the shipwreck. So I would definitely say... A combination platter that credit would go to Sunset Water Sports and Rich Welter for sure. Oh man, that's so fucking badass, man! Like I, I love, I love them stories, man. And, you know, I, I me and Donnie talk, and I mean the two of you guys. I, I've probably logged more hours talking about water sports with than anybody in the fucking world, man. <laughs> I think we probably <laughs> talk more about it than everybody put together. Me and Donnie talk every week, you know. Uh, because even though on this show, um, I'm always like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the greatest fucking everything that ever lived. You know what I mean? The, I know everything about water sports and fucking marketing and all that shit. I, I, you know, I'm just basically, uh, I'm a fucking carbon copy of Donnie, but I just know technology a little bit better. So, <laughs> so I that's stole not, his shit. That's not saying much, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, who's the greatest parasail captain that ever lived? <laughs> yeah i know man i see my reflection in the screen it's crazy yeah i'm glad yeah. that you finally could admit to that <laughs> there's a there's, i've gone through and seen a lot of parasailing in my days you know and there's there's a lot of them good out there you know um i don't know if you guys know hans Lindsay. um he was a big person in my training and then of course rich welter you know yeah, man. Well, That's here's like, a question for both of you guys. What what makes a good parasail captain? I mean, safety aside, but is well, it is it a show? Is, many, is it is it the one will think is, is how many picture packages you sell during a day? The other one will be how <laughs> smooth of a ride you do. 
I happen to fucking be able to do both. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Jerry might be out on the second. Um, I, 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 I think it takes uh, a combination of balls and brains. I think that's what makes the best pair of sail captain. Um, you know, you, you gotta have, you gotta have, uh, you gotta have the stones, uh, to, to get out there sometimes. Um, but you gotta have the brains to know when, when to leave, you know? And, and sometimes there's a, that, that line is really razor thin. And, you know, the, the best pair of sail captain is the one that brings everybody back in one piece every single time. For sure. I agree with that. I also like, you yeah. know, how to keep your cool when things don't go as planned and know how oh, to yeah. deal with those situations that, you know, if you're going to fly a parasail boat, eventually your engine's going to break. Eventually you're going to spun a hub. You're going to suck up a line into your props. Your, your level winder is going to break. And how you deal with that and how you get the people back safe, I think, means a lot. Hey, re- remember remember when that uh, the wire went out on that harness and uh, it was it was cutting out on the, on a starboard tack and you had to go and take me up and you flew me for like, oh, my uh, God. Yeah, it, it was yeah, like yeah. hours with Mark DeJean and, and Paxton on the boat. Remember that? Correct, correct. And then and I then smashed Paxton I, into the water. <laughs> and and that and yeah, and me, like the I felt the boat die while I was up in the air, like because I couldn't we could not get the boat to break when any of the mechanics were on it. So Donnie takes me parasailing, uh, and he's driving the boat. And so I actually got to feel so a water landing, for those of you guys who don't know, is when a boat goes down. Like we're all in the game. Parasail boats go down, right? So it's when you do a water landing, boat goes down. You have to land the customer in the water. It's a parasail, not a parachute. So it's not always the softest landing. We've all been there. It's the worst five to 10 seconds when you see someone coming down. You're like, son of a bitch, you know? And so we had this like one faulty wire. We just fucking could not figure it out. And it was like, so Donnie finally just goes, all right, well, I'm going to. It was a faulty. There was a problem with the boat. And and so Donnie takes me parasailing and puts me up in the sail. was shaking. Right. Well, right. The, the, the wire clip. harness. There was, was one. It was one bad it wire. Yeah. It was one it. bad wire in that harness. That's what it was. Because Paxson went through each one and he found it. But anyway, uh, I got to experience a water landing, and I know you probably don't remember this, but when I went in the water, there was like a big ass fishing boat, charter fishing boat, coming straight at me, man. And I was like waving, and you like had to circle around me. It was, I don't know. That's just. I guess that's. There's one little small stupid story, but it's pretty funny. That was that that was Tim Ott from the Hot Tuna Fishing Show. Is who that was? That was that him on that boat? Huge, yeah, it was him on the huge CV because he saw you, you know, uh, come out of the sky. Yeah, so there you go. A little bit of the from the show Wicked Tuna. If anybody watches that one, those guys, uh, the owner of that boat, has got a boat in Key West. So yeah, so I almost got ran over by uh, the owner of Wicked Tuna. A little. <laughs> I think he was coming to check on you, but you know. <laughs> yeah, when you see that motherfucker bearing down on you and you're floating in the water with the parachute. <laughs> floating in the water with Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> with his mullet. Yeah. Why is Key West known for water sports? I mean, you have Miami, you have Clearwater, you got Destin, but why why specifically is Key West like the water sport capital of 
the U.S. Like it. Well, I think the reef helps, right? You know mm-hmm. that that's already attracted people. You know, and then you know, honestly, if you're not going to Duval Street to the bars, drinking the whole time, you know. There's not much else to do actually on the island, you know. So it's the boringest island on the earth. You know, so you, you, you come down here, you better be getting on the water, you know. So that's why I think why people do come down here. What? Why? Why does Kevin keep doing this to me? Like, why are you in the what? background with your arms up in the air? And what are you talking about? I'm <laughs> animated, man. Yeah. I, I I don't. <laughs> what are you talking about? I. I, I'm moving stuff and I'm just, this is all I'm doing. I, yeah. <laughs> am I throwing you off? Well, I know I, I get real animated because I, I, oh man, he's nervous. God, stop being so nervous. You'll be fine. Listen. I well, I got you. my one daughter no stalking to me to the left of me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my kid, that's dumb. We all have kids and they always love to interrupt the show. It's great. And my dog barks in the background. It's terrible. But all right. So I sort of like, and I've never was in Key West in the 80s. I, the first time I, key, I was in Key West was in the late 90s. But like Key West always sort of like, I just imagine Key West in the 80s was like a fucking like a Budweiser beer commercial. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like when they crack the, the beer movie? and then the fucking girls show up. <laughs> Chris Cross. If you haven't seen it, watch it with Goldie Hawn. You know, it shows sweet, uh, sweet old Key West, man. I'm telling you. Uh, and the parties and the bikinis and, 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 and then like Key West has sort of got this, uh, this history, like this drug history. Like it was uh, like a pass through for um, drug runners, right? Yes, I, I believe that is correct. And, and there was like they were doing some type of uh, – I mean, you probably know better than me, but they talk about the succession from the U.S. and and why it's the Conk Republic. Can you tell us why it's the Conk Republic? No, sir. You can't? Because it wasn't it they were running drugs and they were checking every single car. And so in the, in the, and, and at Miami, they were checking every single car. And so the mayor of Key West at that time. Did you hear that, that story time, in Schooner Wolf Bar? Something. Listen, <laughs> I Wikipedia. I Wikipedia it, and yeah. so that so they had a mock succession, and that's why it became the Conk Republic because they were they were going to succeed from the U.S. because they didn't agree with the sheriff stopping every every car on the on the road because there was like drugs coming through. So when you take this history, like Key, Key West has got this like crazy like kind of drug party field history. And it was something I wanted to touch on earlier when you were talking about the um, the lawsuits. But at one time in one of our conversations, you said to me, I remember when water sports used to be fun. Mm-hmm. And that is it, the truth. it's almost like fucking heartbreaking to me because, I mean, yeah, you know, I, me too. Like being on that boat with you and parasailing when I first got into the game and you were my captain, it was like we were just out there having fun, man. And so this week I got to go out on the boat because I'm a little shorthanded and I actually put a picture on Facebook, you know, 25 years since I've been out here. I really did have fun, you know, but when you take that part of the life out of the water, you know what I mean? Like I have such a love for the ocean, you know, like I love being out there, but when you take that love and you stick it in an office where all you're hearing is all the bad stuff going on or this person needs that, that part of the whatever, it kind of strips the love 
a little bit out of it for you, you know? You ain't lying, brother. You ain't lying. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's a fact, man. I, and I, I, I feel it every day, man. I, and I know we all do, man. You know, it's the one part we don't really talk about on this show, but it does, man. Like all of us, and we, for the most part, are all blue-collar guys. You know, I talk to owner-operators all the time, man. You know, only a handful of them had some money and thought they'd get into the game. And, and don't get me wrong, some of them... You know, some of them did do that. When you have enough money, you can make anything fucking work usually. You know what I mean? But I think it's those of us that started with not all that money and you did have to go by the skin of your teeth and it did matter if that engine was working the next day. You have to be blue collar, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 There's no such thing as, you know, when people talk about like, oh, you know, you know, maybe we should just shut down tomorrow, you know, and we'll fix it tomorrow. No, man, I'm not fixing it tomorrow. I'm fucking fixing that thing tonight. And I'm going to drag that son of a bitch on a trailer with no wheels to the water if I have to, because it's (laughs) Thanksgiving fucking weekend and I'm going to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. This is where we die. If we're going to die, this is where we die. You remember that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You remember that? (laughs) Correct. And that was a serious situation at that moment, dude. We were, me and Donnie, me and Donnie, and I hope my employees listen to this one day because um, uh, they fucking bitch about my gas truck. So I'm going to knock two stories here. The first time I ever met Donnie, I I am fresh, brand new fucking green mate rookie. And they're like, okay, meet at the... um, Meet at the at the at the location, and you're gonna you're gonna get into this. You're gonna go fuel up the gas caddies, and you're gonna go fuel up the boats first thing in the morning. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds fun. Wait a second. And wait, wait, one minute. The first time I met you, you had these big, huge chops, <laughs> right? They came down to here. You were probably about 60, 70 pounds overweight, and Alphonse comes up to me and tells me. Hey, this guy should come work for you on your parasail boat. <laughs> That's when I first met you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and you gave me the most non like like fucking you're like, "Yeah, nice to meet you." And I'm like, "Yeah, that guy's not going to hire me, dude." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so he fucking finally comes to his senses and hires probably one of his greatest employees he's ever fucking had. And, and, and so, but I didn't know Donnie at this point, you know, like, yes, they hired me, but it was like my, literally my, it was like my first week or second week or something. It was, it was, um, it was 4th of July. And so I, I, they would meet in this gas truck and this gas truck's going to make a, uh, a resurgence in the second story so it connects. Uh, so we're in this gas truck, and I mean, like, you can smell the fucking, like, the fumes, like, the exhaust coming in, right? Like, to the fucking air ducts or the AC or whatever. And there's a mixture of that and gasoline-soaked everything. Like, they were carrying jugs of gas in the fucking front seat or something, you know? Like, the whole thing just reeked of gas and, and, and fucking and uh, carbon monoxide. And this asshole rolls up like he's drunk from the night before. And it's 8 o'clock in the morning, and I'm sitting shotgun in this fucking fumed gas bomb truck. And he goes, happy 4th of July, motherfuckers. And he throws a lit M80 <laughs> into the gas truck that we're sitting in. Boom! I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> 
oh my god, who the fuck did I? Who am I working for? You know, what I mean, like, and 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 that was like uh, like my first week at Sunset Waterworks, my second week or something. So, so that the, if we die, the, here's where it happens. Is so um, the same thing. It was like a holiday weekend. And the boat was uh, the boat was getting an engine put in it up in Miami, and so um, Donnie calls me up. It's my day off, and he's like, "Hey, man, do you want to go to or was it Lauderdale for Lauderdale? Dollar yeah. Offshore, Fort Lauderdale, yeah. Dollar Offshore in Fort Lauderdale. So he goes, "Hey, man, do you want to um, come with me up to Lauderdale?" And a fucking guy's my buddy, my boss. He asked me to come pick a boat up with him. Lauderdale. I'm going. You know what I mean? So okay, yeah. So let's go. So it's this like fucking gas truck, right? <laughs> it's fucking scary ass truck that's like no steering. It's like the fucking back window is blown no out. AC. Like no AC, no carbon monoxide windshield, the- and no windshield wipers. No fucking bad windshield wipers on it, man. And we are coming back with this parasail boat. Like I would want to, I I would want to tow this thing with an F three fifty. And this is like this is quarter ton F one fifty fucking thing driving this super heavy ass parasail boat. And there's the this bridge that goes onto the US one um, from uh, from Lauderdale when you get back on the the US one to go to uh, Key West and and we go up on this bridge and fucking it's raining and you can't see anything because of windshield wipers and we're both high from carbon monoxide and Donnie looks over at me and goes well if we're gonna die <laughs> here's where it is <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, we did not, and the brakes, the brakes fucking barely worked on it. (laughs) We were both shitting our pants, but the boat was in the water next fucking day and someone was on it flying that motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. You might've just been a mate then because that was the premium. I don't think I was flying. I might've been flying it. I don't know. I I can't even remember. It was so long ago. I thought you were going to tell the forklift story. If you move, I die. <laughs> so many stories where you're like, where we're fucking in, in the perils, the clutches of fucking death, man. And you know what? I think like really that that that's what makes, man. That's what makes a great water sport company and, and it's shit like that. That's like, yeah, it was fucking bananas and like, but at the same point in time, it's like again, man. Like it goes back to the question you asked earlier. That it's like if. If the guy that you're working for isn't willing to jump in there and do it himself and and fucking do it better, then, I mean, that's how you create that culture of respect. That's how you know that those guys are going to be with you. That's how you create loyalty. You know, if you're fucking standing there, you know, with a collared shirt on, fucking, uh, you know, whatever, but you're not willing to go out there and do it yourself, like, get the fuck out of my way. Let me show you how it's done. And I watched him do that so many times. That by the time I got my ticket and my license, and, and I think Donnie saw that in me as a mate, too, because I was that same kind of guy. I'd be like, get the fuck out of my way. I'll do it. Yeah, and, um, I wasn't afraid of it. Yeah, and 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 so uh, again, man, you know, I mean, I take that, I bring that culture with me, and 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 you know, when you get with those water sport companies, the guys like you know Jason Schilder from H two O, same thing, man. You know what I mean? He's not afraid to jump in the water and fucking go in there. And get, I was helping him out the other day. He was setting his own pylons. You know, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. fucking, you know. So, oh man, I mean, Greg, you gotta I keep hitting with questions. Is it hard to open up a water sport company in Key West? Yeah. My, my, my suggestion would be if you're going to open up down here, you should 
try to hit up on like the guest houses and the smaller hotels. And there's a lot of people down here that are making a great living doing that because not everybody wants to go out on a boat with 80 to 100 people, you know? So I think if you find mm-hmm. that niche and you get those people coming to your boat, there's plenty of opportunity that people want to go with their family, especially now with the pandemic and stuff. They just want to go with their family alone, not all those people, you know, and you hit those crowds, you're good. But I think in the generalization, if you think you're going to just open up here and try to compete against us three with the daily people coming down, you're going to have a tough time doing it. But some are doing it. They're doing all right. That's not true. Inside, he's like, yeah, good fucking luck, motherfucker. I'm the best that's ever lived. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you better have a fucking bag packed, buddy. You said that people are looking for the private private experiences, and I agree. I think that's been one of the hottest sellers um, on TripShock is these private six pack boats or these these uh, you know less than twenty passenger private. Is that what you're seeing down in Key West as well? Are people looking for those you know closed yeah, my, experiences? My boat rental never did so much business as it did this year. I mean, it just blew up where. Like you said, people just, you know, we just, they didn't want to be out there with other people. So they were willing to rent the boats. And, you know, we had a stellar year with boat rentals. And we have, we still carry that little boat, the Sunset One, which, you know, basically started the, you know, the growth of Sunset Water Sports. Um, we do private charters on that boat right now, which is killing it because we take like 15 to 30 people on there. It's an affordable price. So if you come down with your family of 15, you know, you can get on that boat for, two to three hours for a few grand, you know, it's, and they, they don't have to go out there with the pressure of everybody else. It's been never been busy for those boats as it is right now. Yeah. Have you had any difficulties with like the, the dinner cruise, like with food service or well, has it totally just been, is that, is, that, is that done with? How did, how did you have to, no. how'd you have to deal with that? So basically we had to cut our numbers down in half doing that. We actually have adjusted our number from where we were carrying to a lower number because we found out how, better experience it is for the customers um now it is not a self-serve buffet um we got two employees behind there serving new food for you uh, we used to use uh cloth paper our uh tablecloths now we just use paper so once you get up i got major d's in there that clean it up get rid of it wiping down with disinfectant um you know we mm-hmm. were all masked for a while now that's that's over now. We, we released the mass mandate on our boats. Um, if you want to wear it, you're more than welcome to, but my crew nor the customers have to. We did used to be used to have to have a drink in the hand. You remember like when the Coast Guard came out, they called me up and the Coast Guard told me, so with this mask mandate, if the customer doesn't literally have the drink in his hand and he's wearing a, not wearing a mask, we might pull you over and give you a ticket. You know, crazy stuff like that. All that stuff has been pushed on and moved on. You know, so, uh, but now we have taken 20 people off of our trip. We don't need to, our boat holds 150. We're only doing 100 now. Seems like everything goes a lot smoother with that. Kevin, I've been meaning to ask you on a previous show. I'm glad we got Donnie on here, but so we have this federal mass mandate on chartered vessels, right? But I haven't seen this being enforced at least not up here in Northwest Florida, have they just stopped enforcing it? Or are you still seeing that down there in Key West? I, I believe it's done down here. You know, I mean, nobody yeah. even I, wears I masks on the docks, check-ins. I mean, yeah. my girls in the check-ins still wear their masks just for their own protection, but it's not, you know, it, it's the choice of the business right now is what we're, we have. So it's like, you know, some yeah. business will tell you, you got to have a shirt and shoes on. 
So some businesses will tell you, you got to wear your mask, you know, but like you go to Publix, Winn-Dixie, anywhere, you don't, you do not have to wear a mask anymore down here. Yeah, I just think this whole, that whole, remember how everyone freaked out that one, it was like a few months ago about when they had that federal mask mandate on, on charter vessels. And then I never hear anyone talking about it. I never see anyone on many boats up here wear it. I mean, I saw, I, I don't know, maybe someone came to their senses in the Coast Guard and said, yeah, this doesn't really, it, it, it the, the language is really vague and ambiguous. I think it was meant for more like public conveyances, like air, airlines and buses where basically you have no choice. If, if you commute to your job and you have to take a train and you have really no choice, uh, then I can understand that. But on a leisure vessel, you're choosing, you know, to go on this, like you, you, you don't have to, it's optional. Uh, so I, I felt like that was like an overstretch, but I, I don't know. I think someone kind of got, got wind of it and made, made the right choice on how to effectively enforce it. it it's funny as I remember getting a phone call from Kevin saying, I can't believe they're going to make everybody wear a mask on boats. We were already doing that at, at, at that time. You know, like the party cat, all my crew wear a mask, all the customers. Like we were doing it, but what they wanted, their big thing from that whole letter was when they're boarding and unboarding, they wanted the people physically wearing the mask when they came on and off my boat. That's how they were going to govern it for us. You know, because I even told the guy, I said, you're telling me if I got my Sandy cat, my snorkel boat heading out to the reef, and you got your inflatable going by and you see a guy standing without a mask, you're going to pull over my whole boat and go write that a ticket? Come on, guy. You ain't doing that. That's not happening. You know? So yeah. I think they were going to get us on the dock exchange, but we were already doing it. So it didn't make a difference to us. Do you guys think that post-pandemic that water sports will maintain this volume? I, I have I have this hunch that it will. I Honestly, I think the consumer behaviors is going to change a little bit. I think they're going to want to go to more outdoor destinations. They're going to want to do more outdoor experiences. I think it's going to stay with people for a long time. I mean, Donnie, do you, I mean, Key West being a worldwide destination, do you think that people in Key West are thinking that these increased numbers are going to sustain for a few years at least? I mean, do you feel like that is a consumer behavior that's going to that's going to stay with us is the favoring outdoor experiences, private or, you know, what are your thoughts on that? I, I honestly think like I think this summer is going to be absolutely booming. But I believe, you know, when they start going again with the cruise ships, more able to travel to different countries I think it is going to not be as crazy as it is right now. I mean, I don't know even if I can sustain this business all year round, to be honest with you, you know, like my crew wise and everybody. I mean, it's just it's just hard for me to believe that it's going to be the same down the line. But I'm hoping that enough people have come to Key West, seen it, seen how awesome it is. And you can drive here, you, you know, that they want to come back and enjoy what we have right here in the United States instead of going cross country or going out of the country. Well, you know, if you think, if you think about it, Greg, um, like to think of it fairly from like a, a, a acquisition standpoint, right? So now the industry, it's just like what, you know, it's like if you acquire a customer, then hopefully you don't have to reacquire them again. They should be your customer for a lifetime. So I, I think, I, I agree with Donnie, but I also think we we probably now have a larger customer base because just the increase I've seen in boat rentals from inexperienced boaters, I mean, they're all inexperienced boaters. I don't care if they have boat or not, <laughs> but, but just from people that have never, ever, you know, historically even been interested in it, 
I think that there's going to be some, um, there'll be residual, um, there'll be residual business from people that maybe have never done it. Maybe a lot of those people will say like, Oh, not for me, never again. Or I'm not, I did that once before. I'm not going to do that again. But I think that we're going to, we're tapping into a whole new customer base that maybe wasn't interested in. And then maybe now they do have a little bit of a a passion or of a liking for it. And maybe they went parasailing in Cancun or whatever, or in Key West. And now they're going to go parasailing in Cancun. Uh, so I think to Donnie, to the fact, I don't think it's going to be like as it's not going to be like, I think we're at the peak of the mountain right now, but I think we'll probably see more. I mean, gosh, look at the amount of operators that we have uh, in, in our area, how many operators have grown and how many, you know, secondary and titulary markets are, are feeling the, you know, the effects of that, you know, and, and just in terms of visiting, visit, going to these places locally, you know, like maybe they did go overseas, like Donnie said, but I mean, now maybe Key West has a handful of new people that wouldn't have considered Key West as their destination, but may return again, as we see in Destin with the drive-in and return market that we, you know, that we've always enjoyed here. Donnie, have you seen a lot of first-time people visiting Key West or first-time customers? Without a doubt, yeah, because I'm actually, well, I kind of cut back a little bit, but I'm pretty hands-on with the check-in process for the do-it-all. So, like, when I'm rapping with the people, I'm always asking them where they're from, how long they've been here, you know, have you ever been here before? And a lot of them are for, definitely a lot of first-time people came over this year, for sure. A lot of people would say, oh, we used to go to the Bermuda, the Bahamas. Donnie used to also have the phones. Correct. Remember when you when for you, years. <laughs> for years. So when I, when I say have the phone, so like when like after hours they would give this fucking bastard the phone, and I mean he would be like have this. This is like old school, man. He had this like old flip phone. I remember we like just bombed, man, drunk as hell at like eleven o'clock at night, man. And he'd be answering the phone like taking reservations. And for I called sure. him up one time pretend, pretending to be a customer. And he's just fucking completely hammered, just like fucking laughing, fucking like, ah, yeah, man, I got I got a fucking jet ski for you tomorrow, sure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this guy, I am telling you, there is not like anything in water sports. If you can, I mean, if it is water sports, he has done it, man. And that's like the one thing, like sometimes I wish I would have had a little bit more of that. Like I, you know, I, when you call it the, that Donnie, I think your new nickname should be Donnie do it all Kirkpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> they named that boat after you. You were, you were the first boat. They, they miss Laura, the miss Sandy and. The the Mister Do It All. The Mister Do It All. There you go. <laughs> oh my God, man. That's good. So, Donnie, what what's the future of uh, Sunset Water Sports and Conk Republic Parasail, Key West Jet Ski? Like, what's what's the next thing on the horizon for you guys? So, we actually just put a down payment on a new boat called the Miss Valen, which is like uh, my partner's daughter's name. Um, it's another 53 foot Gold Coast yacht, 23 foot wide, but, um, we're going to start doing kayak adventures with that come November and December. Oh, that's cool. Mangrove yeah, back kayak con- tours, yes. back country. Yeah. That's Absolutely. awesome. Yeah. Little paddleboard guided tours. Um, seems like that's a pretty hot commodity right now. So our dolphin tours have been kicking butt. So. I was almost there for a second thinking about doing with the Miss Laura, 
doing like a kayak adventure in the morning and then doing the dolphin triple combo, which is the dolphin triple combo is like a highlighted trip here, right? You go snorkeling, you catch the sunset and you see dolphin. It's like a family's wet dream, you know, so it works <laughs> out real well. So we don't we, listen. Only like a hundred people listen to our show, dude. Like you're not selling anybody on your fucking trips. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, I forgot to tell him about the no pitching your fucking trips on the show and shit. Like, that's the right, world's greatest right. parasailing. Oh, fucking take it easy. Yeah, we're all we're all the best. I love yeah. when people put uh, in their in their their page title on their website number one parasail operator. Uh. There's a lot of number ones. <laughs> You got a hundred, yeah. get a hundred number ones, and then maybe one, one number two, right? Um, that's that's me. I'm always number two. I love being number two. I'll take the fucking silver. Me and uh, <laughs> you know, Rich Welter has always taught me like, let's worry about us, right? We worry about what we got going on. We're worried about making our boats full, making our trips great, and that's it. I, you know, anybody can be doing whatever they're doing. I don't give a shit to be honest with you. That's the best way to do it. So what what would you say to someone that's getting it? You've been in water sports for 20, 25 plus years. What would you say to somebody that's getting into it right now? Well, what's the Donnie's word of advice? You're late to the show. <laughs> um, Thanks, Dick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't rent from anybody. Own the piece of property you operate out of. Um. You know, don't don't run shitty equipment because it's not worth it and pay your help the best you can to take the pressure off of you, you know? Yeah. And if you're going to fire him, if you're going to fire him, do it the right way by via choke slam. Yes. <laughs> Sunset strangler style. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to be he's trying to be all pro guy? man i'm not <laughs> yeah i remember you fucking Fuck. yeah and you pinned <laughs> you pinned him up against the fucking boat like in a fucking in a choke yeah. like like strangle style like grabbed the guy by the fucking throat and slammed him up against the boat and said what did you say man i'm not your old lady yeah. motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> the, guy, the guy got like arrested for like guy got arrested for like domestic abuse or something and he and he said something to don like out of control while we were working like donnie told him to do something he said something to jeremy we we're in the boatyard and i remember i got my son in the back truck just a baby and the guy <laughs> them two got in a fight and the guy like spoot like tried to blow up to me and i was just like yo man i'm not your little bitch wife and fucking slammed his ass yeah <laughs> Why, why is it like – I feel like it's a rite of passage. If you run a water sport company, you probably choke slammed one of your employees because <laughs> it's like the third or fourth time I heard. And it's it's funny. I don't know. I, had, oh, I yeah, told the guy, I said, look, man, I told my I know two guys that have fucking – that have choke slammed. And he was like new to our organization or whatever. And, and he was like, well – that's a horrible story to tell somebody, you know. <laughs> let's, let's, let's put it this way: that guy didn't fucking last very long. He almost got choke slammed himself. <laughs> I, I should have taken him out the old-fashioned way, to be honest. <laughs> fucking piece of shit. I hope he's listening. Oh god. Yeah. I don't, well, Donnie. Yeah, uh, I don't know what. 
comes around with us there. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, Donnie, uh, thanks again for coming on the show and talking shop with us. We really uh, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah. if anyone wants to get any information, connect with you, questions about you know running a water sport business, how do they get in touch with you? 305 <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, you, you, I don't know. Like, I mean, about my business or to talk to me directly? Just talk to you about talk shop. Uh, email you. Like, how me, do they contact they e- you? Yeah, they can email me. Kevin's going to love this. It's uh, Sunset <laughs> Kiwi, K I W I 32 at gmail.com. <laughs> One day 69 69 <laughs> but you're, you're all, i mean donna you're also in our water sport facebook group so they yes, can hit you up in the water absolutely. sport facebook group love too it. i love it i actually love yeah. following your the uh, hudson valley guy because that's my backyard he's up there doing water sports and stuff it's pretty neat to see it's good stuff. Yeah, Dude, on a side note, I do got to say that oddly enough, somebody has been calling our shop, leaving messages for me, asking me how to help them start a water sports business. Like it's happened like three times now. And they're like, some one of my employees finally was like, yeah, this guy wanted me to leave you this message. I'm like, what? I'm like, I got to really start charging for this shit, you know? Donnie, me Yeah, and they both. definitely got to work. They got to go work in the industry for a little bit anymore when you try to fill out the insurance you know, it's not it, it's not an easy packet anymore, man. It's pages and pages. Yeah. Well, well, well brother, man, again, man, thank you so much. You know, I've been on you to do this for for a long time, and and as I promised, we didn't we didn't talk about Google. <laughs> yeah, don't, no. We're not gonna fucking talk about that Google bullshit. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, man. Uh, thanks for taking time, man. I know you're a busy dude, and and uh, I really, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Because even uh, just an hour of, of of your experiences and your stories, man, is, is fucking is super valuable for anybody listening to this. So thank you again. Well, man. I appreciate you guys for uh, thinking about having me, and uh, it was awesome. It was a good experience. Maybe I'll do it again and we'll yeah, be awesome, so nervous. <laughs> Good deal, Donnie. All right, everyone. All right. We appreciate right. you listening and keep it awkward. You've been listening to the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast. If you're in the water sport industry, this is the podcast that brings the business perspective to parasailing, jet and ski boat rentals, sailing, snorkeling, and everything else. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Be sure to sign up to our email list at watersportpodcast.com and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. We'll see you next time, and thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you have further thoughts, questions, or comments about this episode, head to our Facebook group, Watersport and Boat Tour Operators, to continue the conversation. See you next time.